The 2023 Florida Gators are going to have a few different major impact players compared to 2022. And we're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Monday. I'm Brandon Olson. You find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Red work with whole nine sports and giants country of SI.com. And if you have the day off, dope, congrats for you. But if you have the day off because you're not working, Check out LinkedIn because there's millions of business owners out there and LinkedIn jobs helps them find the candidates that they want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown college, linkedin.com slash lockdown college terms and conditions apply. And if you're looking for a job, check out there. But also before we get into today's content, just want to thank everybody for checking out my chair squeaking. Hopefully you don't hear that, but um, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, comment, review, like, subscribe, do whatever it is that you want to do, but just know that it is greatly, greatly appreciated. But now we're talking about who will be the new most important Florida Gators in 2023. And I want to make it clear that this, this is not the only important Gators for 2023, obviously. Uh, some of this is me projecting who might start. Some of it is me not acknowledging certain positions because we don't know who's going to start. Um, so there's that. But also, uh, this is just the most important. This isn't the best Florida Gators. It's not that. It's the most important. And when you talk about any football team, the most important, which, by the way, the reason we're not talking about Jaden Rashada is because we know that, like, there could be a way that he winds up in Gainesville today if they can kind of finagle it. So we'll talk about that when we'll cross that bridge when we get there is my point. Uh, but I am worried. I'll say that. But like any football team, the most important position, quarterback, most important player, quarterback. So for the Florida Gators, the most important Florida Gator here, quarterback, Graham Mertz, obviously, I know a lot of Gators fans are not like super duper stoked about Graham Mertz, but fact of the matter is he's probably going to be your starting quarterback this August or September, depending on when they're going to start. We know that's still kind of in limbo. Could be August 31st, September 2nd, whatever it might be, but just know that that's, it's probably going to be Graham Mertz starting at quarterback. And I will say this, which I've said so many times before, and I will continue to say this, I think that Graham Mertz will be better in Gainesville than he was in Madison, Wisconsin. That does not mean that I think Graham Mertz is going to be this amazing quarterback all of a sudden. I'm not projecting him to make leaps and bounds, and I'm not saying he's going to be Joe Burrow-esque. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is, for as much as Florida Gators fans complain about this offense, myself included, the scheme, for as much as Florida Gators fans complain about that scheme, it is leaps and bounds 
better than Wisconsin's scheme. I want to make that abundantly clear. Because you know how you complain about Florida going, uh, 12 personnel too often. Wisconsin will go 22 personnel and 21 personnel, which means usually I form. So quarterback, fullback behind him, running back behind him, and they'll run the ball 60% of the time. It's uh, it's 58.3, I think is the exact number. And then when they do throw the ball, they don't go play action. That is just so stupid. They ran play action on, I think it was 19.6% of their dropbacks for Graham Mertz. Um, so that's pretty bad when you consider how often you run the ball. To not run play action is just stupid at that point because you're not making them respect the run when you're throwing the football because obviously you break the play action, you run the ball 60% of the time. They're going to come in thinking that they're going to stop the run and really you're going to be throwing the ball. So as bad as Florida Gators fans like to make this scheme look, whether or not you think it's good or bad, it is miles ahead of Wisconsin. That's what I'm saying. You could say Florida scheme is bad, miles better than Wisconsin. You could say it's amazing, miles better than Wisconsin. You could say it's average, miles better than Wisconsin. And when I say I think that Graham Mertz will be better in Gainesville than Madison, Wisconsin, again, that's not me saying I think Graham Mertz is going to be amazing in Gainesville at all. That's me saying that this is an offense that will put him in more positions to succeed. You could argue that 2022 Florida did not put Anthony Richardson in enough positions to succeed. You could argue that. Uh, I I disagree. Um, But you could argue that. And you know Wisconsin did not put Graham Mertz in position to, to succeed. And again, I'm not saying he's going to be amazing, but I'm just saying he's going to be better. That's that's all I care about. That's, that's all I care about getting out there, that I think it's better. Um, I will also say, because I just got a tweet notification about the Cormani McLean business, I don't care. Cormani's not going to be a Gator. Simple as that. And I'll eat crow if he's right. Or if he does, and I will laugh at how I got clowned for Miami Hurricanes. Um, but no. Um, but Graham Mertz, going back to him, I think he'll be significantly better than he was in Madison, Wisconsin. I think that every team, obviously, unless you're an option offense, you're going to say quarterback is the most important position here. That's no different in Florida. Florida's not going to change what they do. Billy Napier is not going to change what he does systemically in the sense of going, the quarterback has free reign at the line of scrimmage. That's not going to change. But now you're going to have a guy with years of starting experience at the helm there. So years of starting experience, going to be your starting quarterback. So he'll actually be able to make more adjustments at the line probably than Anthony Richardson. And also in an offense where you're probably going to see less designed quarterback runs, you'll see more, I think, RPO plays because oftentimes with the RPO it was really weird with Anthony Richardson. It would just seemed like he wasn't really making the read. Like it seemed like he was making the read pre-snap and be like, that's what I'm doing. Um, so Graham Mertz will likely do that differently. I do think that Graham Mertz will be, I'm going to say an above average quarterback. I think he will be an above average college football quarterback. And I don't think you can complain about that. Just given what Florida's quarterback situation is right now, which some of it is under the control of Billy Napier. Some of it, not so much. Just knocked something over. <laughs> not so much. But I think that Graham Mertz will be above average. I think that this scheme is a much better fit for him than people are acknowledging. And again, your quarterback 
is 99.9% of the time going to be your most important player. So I think to not talk about grammar to be silly. I could have just said starting quarterback here, but I think we all know the deal. Graham Mertz is likely going to be a starter, even if Jaden Rashad does end up being a Florida Gator. It's probably not going to start in 2023, right? We're probably not going to start the year as a starter, even if he is a Florida Gator, which at this point doesn't look likely. But we're about to talk about other positions that aren't the obvious quarterback but first today's episode of lockdown gators is brought to you by linkedin as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business linkedin jobs makes it easier for you to grow your team linkedin jobs helps you find the people that you want to interview faster and for free and if you've never used linkedin jobs before i highly 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 recommend it with simple tools like screening questions makes it easier for you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and just the right experience. You can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Check it out. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're, we're flipping to the defensive side of the ball here, not because I planned it. I just wrote down the five most important Gators in whatever order, and that's where that went. But with Princely Uman, Mielin is the next guy because we are flipping to the defensive side of the ball. And Princely is an interesting case study because Princely Uman, Mielin is about as ideal a trajectory as you can hope for from an edge rusher. Princely win from 2021, it was, okay, this guy shows flashes. Doesn't put it all together, but he shows flashes, and he shows enough flashes where you kind of know you have something in them. And so in 2021, that's what it was with Princely Mon In 2022, he kind of started a bit slow, and then something happened once Brenton Cox left the team. I don't know what it was because they play different edge positions. So I don't know what it was. But once Brenton Cox left the team, Princely Uman Mielin turned it on. I don't know what it was, but something just clicked. And I don't even – I'm not saying it had anything to do with with Brenton Cox. Um, I, by saying they play different positions is me trying to say it doesn't have anything to do with Brenton Cox. But whatever it was – Princely, right after the Georgia game, just turned it on to end the year and really, really put it together. And he was solid for the majority of the year before that, too. It's just once Brenton left the team, Princely just turned up. And it was awesome to see. Um, and it, it was great considering what the expectations were because I feel like from myself and a lot of other people, the expectation for Princely Uman Mielin was not to be this amazing player. He wasn't supposed to be the star pass rusher of the Florida Gators. In fact, you could argue, not even argue, you can say he was probably supposed to be the third most productive pass rusher on the Florida Gators behind whichever order you want to put them, Brenton Cox Jr. and Javon Dexter. Then comes 2022 and Prince Leon Mielin takes the next step. Now in 2023, we're not only looking at will Prince Leon Mielin take the next step, now we're looking at this as, or at least from my perspective, and I know from quite a few other people, like I've, I've said it before, I have 
a couple friends who actually work evaluating the NFL draft. And all of them have said or have asked me about Princely. Two of them have said one said he's the best defensive lineman on the team, one said he's the best defender on this team. So Princely is someone who has a ton of hype around him right now. In 2023, the expectation is no longer take the next step. For Princely Uman Mellon in 2023, the expectation is you are going to be the next great Florida Gators pass rusher. And Florida's obviously produced a lot of great college pass rushers. Princely's supposed to be the next one that also looks like he will translate to the NFL. So that's the thing with Princely, where it's no longer, okay, great, take that next step, stride, develop, improve, whatever it is. And now it's, we expect you to be great. And we'll see if he is. I, I think he will be, just based on everything he's done to progress and develop and grow and everything he's put on the field and everything he put on tape, especially towards the end of the year. I think he will. I think he will be, you know, an eight to 10 sack guy next year. And you can't complain about that. Right. So there's that. And then also on the defense side of the ball, the most important players, Derek Wingo. Uh, I know myself and a lot of other people love Wingo. It's going to be his first year as a starter, obviously with this defense and Derek Wingo will likely be middle linebacker, Mike linebacker, whatever you want to call it. He will likely be the middle linebacker one. He will be the guy that Ventra Miller was. Derek Wingo will have to step into that role. And here's the thing. You can probably not replace Ventra Miller's intangibles no matter what you want to do. You will very rarely find someone who bleeds Florida football more than Ventra Miller did. Ventra was a gator through and through. And he can't be replaced. But with Derek Wingo trying to do that, the biggest thing that you must do is as the Mike linebacker for the Florida Gators and for Patrick Tony's defense, you need to be able to do two things. One, you need to be able to properly communicate to your other players because you are the guy. I know college isn't really a green dot thing, but Derek Wingo will be the green dot player for the Florida Gators this year. He is going to be the primary communicator. It is going to be his job to get everybody on track. Look at the South Florida game from 2022. They, as in the South Florida Bulls, demolished Florida on the ground because Ventrell missed that game and Ventrell was not able to be the communicator. It was Scooby Williams in that one. And they just destroyed Florida by running the football with so many plays where you can watch them and go, if that's Ventrell, that doesn't happen. And that's not a knock on Scooby. Like I said, the intangibles with Ventrell Miller are insane. So that's not a knock on Scooby Williams. That's me saying that's how damn good Ventrell Miller was for the Florida Gators. So one is being the key communicator and being smart. Two, being able to be a quality run defender because you're going to have four down, well, three down linemen, one stand-up edge rusher in front of you. You're going to have to be able to shed at least a block if you're the Mike linebacker for the Florida Gators and make the tackle because that's your primary job. You've got all the D linemen in front of you that are supposed to be trying to make the play, but oftentimes it just causes madness 
you have to be able to use your eyes and read what's happening on the offensive line, read where the ball is and make the play. Derek Wingo, whether he's phenomenal or awful, you are going to be one of the most important players on this defense because you are playing probably the most important role on this defense. Second most important role, maybe outside of safety. So that's going to be your responsibility, Derek Wingo. And again, I I think he will be good. Just I think that what he put on tape, he was one of the promising younger Florida Gators this year that you watch and you go, okay, like we might have something here. Um, But it's all about what you put on tape at this point. We're about to take a look at the final couple most important Florida Gators for the 2023 season. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Bet Online. And I don't know about you, but I like money. You don't have to. That's completely up to you if you don't like money. But I do like money. And, well, there's a certain thing happening tonight, which is the Dallas Cowboys are in Tampa Bay, which if you're a Florida Gators fan, you're probably a fan of a Florida NFL team as well. Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Dallas Cowboys. Tonight, Cowboys, two-and-a-half-point favorites. I am taking the Buccaneers to not only cover, but to win. That's what I'm doing, because here's the thing. You will never in your life catch me betting for the for the Cowboys over Tom Brady. That ain't happening, big dog. So if you want to go ahead, that's what I'm doing. Head to the website today with Bet Online. Use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about the final few most important Florida Gators of the 2023 season. And this one isn't even a person. This is just the running back room. Because whether you're talking about Montreal Johnson, obviously, or Trevor Etienne, they are incredibly important to incredibly important to this offense. Billy Napier, whether he has uh who who's a who's a QB you guys all love. Um Sam Hartman, we'll say. Whether Billy Napier has Sam Hartman at quarterback or me, he wants to run the football. So what's his plan? Run the football, have two phenomenal running backs that can get it done and make some plays. And especially when you look at Graham Mertz is your QB this year, which means it's I don't think it's a bad thing, but does mean you lose that running threat from Anthony Richardson. That was huge for this rushing attack. You lost Justin Shorter. You lost Michael Tarpin. You lost Richard Garage. You lost Ethan White. You lost Osiris Torrance. You have Austin Barber, and you have Kingsley Aguacan back from your top six offensive lineman from last year. Um, but you, you got a bit going, right? You got, you got a lot going on in your life right now if you're in that running back room and if you're in that offense. One thing they remained the same were the running backs. Incredibly important to what Billy Napier wants to do on the offense. And more importantly, I think that this year we see them take the next step in the passing game. I think that, first of all, as pass protectors, they both got better as the year went on. Trevor Etienne got exponentially better from the start of the 2022 season to the bowl game as a pass protector. No doubt about it. Argue with your cat. If there's one thing that I really do care about with running backs, it's pass protection. Trevor Etienne got significantly better. 
So there's that. But also just as pass catchers, we talked about it uh, last week where I was saying, you know, the running backs had more yards after the catch than they had total yards. I don't know if that changes because I do think that there's a ton of uh, benefit from just checking it down to them behind the line of scrimmage and letting them run, especially if you play, you know, Arkansas and they have an insane rush defense or an insane blitzing defense where they just like to send guys all the time. Um, which by the way, you do play Arkansas this year. That was what, that's what I was getting at. So when you play Arkansas, when you play Tennessee, when you play those aggressive, aggressive defenses, uh, Missouri, those aggressive defenses that like to send five, the best way to counter that is to get the ball out quickly and to the sides. So check it down to the running backs. Also just think that you've lost Justin shorter top receiver there. You've lost, I mean, Dejon Reynolds wasn't a great contributor, but he was a guy. Um, and and you got to get production somewhere, somehow. Defenses are going to key in on the run game. You're probably going to have to check it down more often out wide. Do that. Get the ball to your running backs. Let them play a role in the passing game. And I especially think that given the opportunities that they had last year, they showed a lot as run-after-catch threats, which we knew because as ball carriers, they are incredible. So we knew that they'd be able to be productive and find success, but it's just nice to see and nice to think that they're going to get more involved in the passing attack. The final player that we're going to talk about here before wrapping up is Kamari Wilson. Um, He is likely going to have the responsibility of communicating in the secondary. I say that because last year it was trading and or, depending on the time, Trevez Johnson. Both are gone. You don't know who's going to be the star uh, who's going to be playing the star position. I hate saying, I hate that it's called star because I want to keep saying, like I say star and I, I feel like you think I'm talking about like the star of the team. Um, you don't know who's going to be playing star next year. You don't know who's going to be playing two safety spots, but you can assume Kamari Wilson is going to take one of them. You know, who's going to be playing at least one corner spot. It's probably going to be Jason Marshall and Jaden Hill on the outside, but there's a lot going on. Um, and, feel like it's very difficult to ask one of the outside corners to be the communicator. So you're looking at your safeties or your star. Don't know who star is again. Don't know who either safeties are. Though all three of those are going to be different than they were in 2022. Kamari Wilson, kind of the only guy that you can rely on that has experience. And I say rely on because I don't think Jadarius Perkins will be a starter because I don't think you can rely on him enough. So Kamar Wilson is likely going to be the one communicating in the secondary. My biggest complaint in pass defense was the issue of communicating in the secondary because so many of the big plays that the Florida Gators gave up in 2022, at least in the air, were not, oh, their receiver was better than our guy or their scheme was better than ours. So much of it was, we are playing the wrong defense. And I know that for a fact. I know there's going to be people because it happens all the time in the comments. They're like, no, they're just bad. I promise you, I've done I've done the, the legwork here. A lot of the miscommunic a lot of the defensive breakdowns were because of miscommunications. That's what it was. And also for Kamari Wilson specifically, because I do think he's going to be the safety that you rely on, he's probably gonna have to do a lot. Because it's not like he's stepping in at safety with Ventrell Miller and Amari Bernie in front of him at linebacker. No, he's stepping in at safety 
with also two younger and experienced players in front of him that are not going to have the experience, especially as leaders. So Kamari Wilson is probably going to have to step up there, and he himself is also very young and inexperienced. You're also looking at an almost completely new, a kind of new defensive front as far as what you looked at at the start of 2022. Pretty different there. So there, there's just so much movement going on in front of Kamari Wilson that he's going to be one of the most important gators because if he doesn't play well, the defense is probably screwed. And no one wants that. All right, so that's why Kamari Wilson, to me, is going to be one of the most important gators because he's going to be a communicator, or he's going to be asked to be a communicator. And in front of him is going to be so much an experience that, well, he's probably going to have to step up quicker than we even want him to or expect him to. But that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Thanks for making Lock Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators. Hopefully have some resolution on the Jaden Rashada situation. For your second listen, check out Locked on SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida. For Locked on Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, WNS underscore Brandon. Uh, follow my written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants, CountryVestSide.com, and I will see you all tomorrow.